Welcome to the Oceans Ministries Podcast. Here's your host, Tim Spikestra. Welcome to Oceans Ministries Podcast from Africa, Lesotho, Africa. I am so excited to be with Brian and Anita and Tyler Tuesdays here too, who also (laughs) works here as a long-term volunteer. I just had to throw that out, Tyler, because he's helping us put this podcast together. So thank you um, and for what you do here. But a blessing to be with the co-directors of Beautiful Gate, um, Brian and Anita. And uh, we're going to start with, you can say hi. Say hi, Anita. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Brian has a cold, but he's, uh, so his voice is going to be a lot deeper today. It sounds really good. So <laughs> uh, let's start with Anita, because really uh, we're here today because of what God has done uh, had done by you coming the first time. So just share a little about your experience and then we'll get to Brian. Okay, uh, I thought I would start off by just sharing that our church, um, Haven Christian Farm Church in West Michigan was a big supporter of Beautiful Gate and the directors of Beautiful Gate came to our church and shared a video about the children at Beautiful Gate and it really touched my heart and that was yeah, that was a couple of years before our church then wound up sending a team to Beautiful Gate. And so when that team was being formed, I remember Brian looking over at me saying, you're going to be going on that team, aren't you? Mm. And I was just like, yep, I'm going to be going. <laughs> uh, so in October of 2009, I went on my very first mission trip of my life and came to Lesotho, Africa. It was an amazing journey. I said there were so many highs and lows and so many emotions and experiences that I had on my trip, never having experienced poverty like I did here. Um, just, yeah, there was a lot to process. So while I was here, I, I kept a journal and wrote down um, the things I experienced each and every day. And uh, I remember just being surprised by the poverty that I saw, because I thought I kind of understood poverty a little bit, having grown up in a family where sometimes my dad would be laid off work and we um, lived off of food stamps and a little bit of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. We had what we needed, but never what we wanted. And so I kind of thought I understood. But seeing people live in tin shacks with dirt floors and um, walking miles to get to work and pushing wheelbarrows to get water, that was eye-opening mm-hmm. for me. So mm-hmm. when I went back, I remember flying out of Lesotho Airport and crying and saying, I'm never coming back. (laughs) I got three kids at home and, you know, yeah, I just didn't see that I would be coming back. And it was a very powerful experience for me. So I got back to America and Ryan picked me up from the airport and was like, tell me all about your trip. You must be so excited. You must have so many stories to tell. And I didn't say anything. I couldn't find the words to say what I wanted to express. And so after him asking me so many questions for a while, I just handed him my journal and said, read this, because Mm. I really don't have the words Mm. to say. So he read my journal so that he could better understand where I was coming from. And and then his heart was opened up to the ministry of Beautiful Gate as well. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. We just had a couple teams out here, one from Colorado, one from Michigan, now another one from Michigan. And I got some emails back already from the people in Colorado. Um, 
saying they don't know how to process when you get back, you, you know, mm -hmm. just like what you had, right? You don't, yeah. don't know how to put it all into words. And I think that's when you went to Brian and said, hey, I, I don't, can't say it, but read my journal. Mm -hmm. And um, interesting, when I met Brian and Anita in Zeeland, Michigan, um, when you're going to Haven, you just moved there from, I think, Grand Rapids, right? And mm -hmm. bought a cool little house in a great neighborhood. So that's important for everybody to know. They just, <laughs> they just settled there. And uh, if you don't know where Zeeland, Michigan is, look it up on a map. But it's, it is like this pristine community. And uh, yeah, your life was set. You just had moved there. <laughs> and Anita comes back, Brian. And uh, she's not talking. And what, what happened when you start reading the journals and talk about around the kitchen table and what happened there? Well, after reading her journal, um, we felt that God was moving us to support Beautiful Gate more, uh, moving in my heart as well as Anita's heart. So the original plan was to just uh, sell, our or sell our car and sell our TV and donate those funds to Beautiful Gate and try and support Beautiful Gate from West Michigan. Uh, it was never our intention to ever move here, but just to try and be a better supporter. At the same time, we were reading a book called Crazy Love by Francis Chan, which was also uh, challenging us as well. And so we had actually come up with a new family model of more family, less stuff, uh, which also fit in with trying to sell those things and give those to uh, Beautiful Gate. Uh, and shortly after that, we received an email from the leader of Anita's mission trip team, which said uh, Beautiful Gate had lost some funding and uh, that they were looking for an operations manager, someone to come and manage the day-to-day -day operations of Beautiful Gate for five years. And the leader said, I think Brian would be perfect for this. Um, and as we always jokingly say, as good Christians, we immediately said no. Uh, that was uh, never in the plans for us. Uh, but after about two weeks, she emailed us back again and said, know that you are you know, content with your decision to say no, but uh, I really think you should rethink that. And we thought at that time, it's time to check with family, with friends, talk it through, and actually pray about it like a good Christian should do. Uh, and so we did that for um, over a month. And after a month, we finally said, okay, God, if this is what you want, you're going to give us a sign. You'll make it abundantly clear. So we prayed for almost a whole another month waiting for the sign. At the same time, Ray and Sue, the directors of Beautiful Gate, knew we were thinking about becoming the operations manager. And we felt like we needed to start giving them an answer because we couldn't drag it along too long. So the first Monday in February arrived, um, and as a good tax accountant, it was the first tax season day, but I could feel that God was calling us to make a decision and to make a decision for Ray and Sue as we've dragged on this decision too long already. And so I said, need to pray about it all day today, and I'll pray about it, and when we come back tonight, we'll talk about it. So I went off to work, and she took care of the kids at home. Uh, as we came, I came back for dinner at night. As we're sitting around the dining room table, uh, just having a meal, didn't say anything about Africa, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Elijah says, Mom, Dad, God's calling us to go to Africa because these orphans don't have a mom and dad. We need to be that mom and dad for them. Uh, so after picking my job off the floor and Anita wiping some tears away from her face, we kind of said, do you hear God calling you or you know, do, do you physically hear his voice or, or do you just feel it? And he said, I just feel it in my heart. So, mm -hmm. so that was the sign that we were looking for, God saying, here you go, there's your sign, you need to go to Africa.
So at the, at the time, I kept thinking, this doesn't make any sense. What does an accountant have to do with running an orphanage in Africa? But I thought, you know, maybe God's just calling me to be like Abraham and just be willing to go. He will make a way out at the last moment. Um, and so I thought, okay, I'll, I'll apply. So I applied for this position, and three days later was accepted by Ray and Sue. Well, when I said, time out, God, that wasn't supposed to happen either. Um, you were supposed to stop at Stone Dead. So I got on the Skype call with Ray and just said, hey, Ray, I've never been to Africa, let alone Beautiful Gate. I just signed up for a job for five years. This doesn't make any sense. I think I need to come see Beautiful Gate for myself with my own eyes. At that point, he said that was sound like a very reasonable idea. So we lined up our trip, and I came to Beautiful Gate all by myself in May of 2010. Uh, and so basically, I was a good, good accountant and waited till after April 15 for the trip. Uh, but on my trip to Beautiful Gate, I left uh, Chicago, came over to London, and I had a seven and a half hour layover in London Heathrow Airport. Uh, and I wasn't brave enough to go explore the city like I am now. Um, so I found a quiet corner of London Heathrow Airport, and I was reading through my devotions, and I was reading through the Bible, reading through the book of Mark. And as only God can line up, Mark 11 was the chapter I read, and verse 24, which hit me square between the eyes, says, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe you have received it, and it will be yours. So I put the Bible down right in my lap there in London Heathrow Airport and prayed to God and said, God, I'm willing to move my family to Africa, but you've got to give me one more sign somewhere on this trip. Make it very clear. What I didn't expect was when I would see the sign, because obviously I'm here. Uh, so the sign came while I was in London Heathrow still. I got on the next plane, 747, 300 people on board, sit down in my seat, and this guy comes and sits down right next to me in the seat next to me and says, so where are you going? I said, well, I'm going to Lesotho. He said, ah, so am I. I said, where are you, what are you going there for? And he says, well, I'm going to adopt my child. And I said, you're not perchance going to Beautiful Gate, are you? And he said, how did you know? <laughs> and at that point, something just leapt inside my stomach, and I knew that God had just said, here's your sign, you're going to Africa. So for the next two or three hours, we chit-chatted in the, in the airplane, and I had this permagrin on my face because I knew that God had just said, you're going to Africa. So uh, it's been an amazing adventure. Uh, so I was able to spend a week here uh, just enjoying Lesotho and Beautiful Gate. And then after returning home, Anita and I made the final decision to actually, yes, we're going to do this uh, and come to Africa and help out. And little did you know, God sends you here and you are going to be assisting Ray and Sue. And it wasn't long after that, and Ray's been on the podcast before, so some of you have heard this, but it was not long after that that you realized you were no longer going to be the assistants that Ray was going to retire, resign, and move to uh, Cape Town, and God says, you're it. <laughs> you guys are the ones who are going to lead this. Uh, what, Anita, what was your feeling? Uh, I'll ask Brian in a sec, but what did you feel like when that was kind of put on you? If I were to be completely and utterly honest, one of the only reasons I didn't want to originally come to Beautiful Gate was my fear mm. that that could happen. Mm. I mean, I was terrified mm. because then we would be responsible for this organization. Mm. And we're not, we've never been directors of anything besides <laughs> our kids, yeah. you know? And so, I mean, fear, utter mm. fear mm. was definitely where I was at. Um, but then we had some meetings with Ray and Sue, as well as uh, Toby and Aukia, and just kind of processing what would it look like for us to step up. And I walked into those meetings with absolute fear 
I walked out of those meetings with absolute peace. Mm. It was definitely clear that God had given us a sense of peace because I was ready to go in there saying, there's no way we can do this. Mm. Um, and I walked out saying, you know, God can definitely help us do this. And it'll be perfectly clear to everyone who meets us, who really knows us, that it's God that's running this mm. place mm. and not us because that's not who we are mm. to be directors. So I guess that's kind of my, my thoughts. Did you have fear too, or just like, whoa? Uh, as, as Ray likes to say, it's a good thing God never shows you the full picture mm. because you'd run away in fear. Yes. Um, that's very true for me. I did not see myself as director here. I just thought of, thought of us as managers to take care of the place while he was still directing it. Uh, but God had other plans. And so as, as I warn people, God's in a bait-and-switch policy. Um, he will get you to where he needs you to be, whether you like it or not, or whether you uh, uh, you know feel like you're comfortable comfortable with it, but he will also guide you through it and take you through it as well. So uh, it was a fearful time. Uh, yeah. So it was, it was just scary to be in charge of almost 100 people. Yeah. And the amazing thing is that how God uses everyone's gifts. You, know, you guys have incredible gifts. Ray and Sue, to start this, were pioneers. And yes. Ray mm. likes to be known as a restless warrior. Mm. So he really did battle mm -hmm. to get this place in spiritual battle to get this place up and going. Um, but you, God used you guys um, to build this place up and build it out. And, and then Beautiful Gardens, which is a place that's almost completed where funding comes in from rentals that you guys have helped build and others uh, here as well. But the amazing thing is God knows exactly who needs to be here at the exact mm -hmm. time because of these beautiful kids that are the face of Jesus Christ. But the amazing thing that happened because of Brian and Nita coming from Western Michigan, uh, Holland, Michigan, Zeeland, Michigan area, um, was the impact that God had planned before the foundation of the earth that people in Western Michigan would come here and see what God was doing. Hearts would be ruined for the kingdom of God and it would just mushroom. And I like to say revival has been brought to uh, parts of Western Michigan because of your yes, because of your faithfulness. Um, like these young people here today uh, from Holland Christian, their lives will never be the same. And we've been able to hear some of those testimonies this week. Um, did you ever have a clue that God would just, you know, do that? Or was that just like, you know, totally off the radar? I think for us, it was it was definitely totally off the radar. But I still remember when I came um, the first time praying a prayer that God would break my heart for what breaks His mm -hmm. heart, and I feel like that prayer has been continued on. I don't know I don't know if people are consciously making that prayer, but it's amazing to see when people come onto this campus the, the way they sense the presence of God mm -hmm. and the way that it really affects their hearts. Mm -hmm. You know, so yeah, none of us could. I don't think Brian or I saw what God was going to do in any way. Uh, but it's been encouraging. It's, it's given us the strength to carry on when things are hard, to hear that people's lives are changing and people are uh, seeking how can they further God's kingdom, you know, after having their hearts broken. So, mm -hmm. yeah, definitely didn't see it coming, but it's been, it's been awesome to watch. Mm -hmm. So how, how many churches do you think, and Tyler, jump in here, because you work with all the volunteers, but how many, how many churches in the Western Michigan area have been somewhat a part of this now 
I don't even know if you can tell because... About 10 to 15 would be our guess. That have jumped on board. And, and when you came, the only church was Haven, at least from the Western Michigan area. There were churches in California and stuff, but yeah. in other parts of the, the country. But um, so about 14, what do you, 14, 15. And, and that's not even to say all these students that represent all these other churches um, that have been impacted. And of course, your uh, alma mater, Holland Christian, right? Mm-hmm. And how many kids, I don't even know how many of them have been out here, but how that's even impacted the school and Mike Verkayek, who's out here with the team. And um, just, it's been amazing. Mm-hmm. It's been amazing. And uh, so you, you've been on this journey. You, God has brought you here, done amazing things. But now what is God up to in your lives? <laughs> Um, or what well, has he done, actually, the last? Yeah, yeah. better go <laughs> yeah. there, and, you know, This is crazy. Yeah, <laughs> well, um, it, it's been very interesting. I mean, Elijah was six when he had uh, said he heard from God that we should come here, mm-hmm. you know. So my thing, you know, that was a while ago. And one of the interesting things is from the time we got here, um, my three kids kept saying, you know, when is it that we're going to adopt? You know, we came all the way here, and when is it going to be our turn? Uh, to adopt, and uh, both of us have had our hearts open to adoption, but Brian made a very valid point that if we were to adopt, it would really change our ministry, because for the first five years that we were here, we lived on campus as directors, so we were always around and available, and to adopt would require us to move off campus and be less available, so we kind of went back and forth about timing of that. Um, kind of originally thought it might be great if we adopted right at the very end and then all of us moved back to America. Um, but there were these two little girls that surprised us and stole our hearts. And once again, it kind of stemmed from Elijah, who was friends with a volunteer in the house that the girls were staying in. And he played with them and he's like, you got to come and see these girls. They are so much fun to play with. Come down to play group. And so we would go and play with them and you know, I just randomly asked our social worker one day about their case. Like, they had been at Beautiful Gate for about seven or eight months, and I just was wondering about it. And she said, if you are actually serious about wanting to adopt these two girls, you better tell me now, because I was just about to clear them for adoption. And one of the most amazing parts is we had no idea at the time we were um, starting the adoption process, but uh, when you adopt as a local in Lesotho, you cannot go to America for two years. Mm-hmm. And so our adoption court order came out exactly two years before the time that our commitment to Beautiful Gate is finished. And so that to us was another amazing sign of God's timing. Because mm-hmm. if we would have done what we thought we were going to do um, at the very end, we wouldn't have been able to adopt mm-hmm. because we wouldn't have been staying in Lesotho for two years. Mm-hmm. So that's been an amazing thing to see God's hand. The girls are transitioning quite well into our family, and um, yeah, it's been, it's really, it's been amazing. It's mm-hmm. been almost five months since they have been with us, and yeah, so God's still working out little miracles here and there for our family. Mm-hmm. Tell us a, a little bit about, you know, people that may be listening to this, uh, wow, Ray was here, you guys were here, God used you, God blessed you. Um, What's going to happen to Beautiful Gate when you leave? Are you concerned, Brian? What, what are, what's, what's God doing now? 
Well, for Anita and I, we had planned on that it was going to take two years for us to find our replacements, help them to fundraise, and also to have the, hopefully have them here and train with us so that when we do the handover, it goes very smooth. Uh, it was one thing we learned in the, in the prior handover, that it wasn't a smooth transition, and it was tough for the staff and for the children. So we wanted to make sure ensure that it was smooth. Uh, and so we had a two-year plan figured out. Uh, but the Lord had other plans again, as we, as you guys know, uh, and he basically brought this couple back that used to volunteer at Beautiful Gate. Their name are Peter and Lindiwe Kirstein, a uh, married couple. He is South African and she is Masutu, and uh, they came back to volunteer here while she was looking for a job back here in the Sutu. Uh, the Lord kept closing doors on her job opportunities. And at the same time, we were able to bless them with Beautiful Gate by allowing them to stay here um, and to continue their search in Maseru because they didn't have any other family to stay with around here. And it became abundantly clear to Anita and I um, through some meetings with Pastor Tim, uh, Pastor Art, our pastor at Haven, uh, through Toby and Alkia. All of them had kind of pointed at um, Peter and Dewey as potential replacements. Uh, and so and we had even thought about it, too, and talked about it. Uh, and as we've been told before, too, um, the ultimate goal of a missionary is to replace yourself with a local. Uh, and so Lindiwe fit the description perfectly. Uh, her job skills fit perfectly. Being a Masutu, I think, will be an advantage. And so we asked uh, Peter Lindiwe if they want to, if they would be interested in running Beautiful Gate. This was probably six months ahead of our normal pace of what we thought was going to take for transitioning. Uh, and but when God puts it right there in front of you and says this is the way to go, you got to go that way. Um, so we asked them, and they made us sweat it out for a week, even though they knew the answer already. Uh, and they did accept as the new director uh, to become the new directors of Beautiful Gate. Uh, so since then, they have done a few. They had to go back to South Africa to clear up a little bit of paperwork for their foster child. Uh, and now they have come back, and now they have begun the training and the transitioning. So they are currently training under Anita and I uh, to become our replacements, and hopefully you know, within the next year here, we're going to be transitioning out, and they will be transitioning in. Um, looking back on it, I can see why God brought my myself here um, with my, my skills, as you said, as an accountant, it actually did come in very handy. You can always see God's handiwork looking back. It's hard to see it looking forward. Mm. Uh, but he brought us here for that specific period, and I feel that God is calling Peter Lindewe here, and I think she is going to be able to take this take beautiful gate to a whole other level that we just could not do it as well. So, um, yeah, God's in it. He's definitely in it, and we're just kind of going along with it. And that's what you got to do is just um, hang on for the ride because sometimes it's a lot of ups and downs. Uh, and sometimes it doesn't always work to your timing, but you got to go to God's timing. So uh, it's been a blessing to have them here. So it's taken a load off mm -hmm. of us, a stress off of us of feeling like we might be stuck here. Uh, but we're very happy, and I'm super excited for Peter and Dewey to take over. Hope, and I, I'm telling you, I trust them 100% that they will be able to take this place to the next level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and incredible how God worked that out, and the giftedness from Ray to the, the fullness of what God's done through you guys. And then now the next stage of the journey through Peter and Lindy Way. Um, you guys, what, what do you have when you go back to the United States? You have it all planned out. You have a job waiting for you, uh, money in the bank, all that, right? It's, it, everything looks good. Is that right, Anita? Exactly. No. <laughs> yeah, we do have a house that we've been fortunate enough to rent out mm -hmm. uh, while we were here. So we at least have a place to call home. Uh, but that's all. No car, no job. Uh, 
not sure about um, schooling and yeah there's a lot of questions you know that we that we don't have sorted right now uh, but God has carried us here the whole time he's helped us stay here with funding and things so you know it's hard to trust in every moment because you know our human side of I've got five kids and mm. I've got to make sure they're well fed and you know but then it's also like but God never let us down here mm. not once the whole time we've been here so that's what we are clinging <coughs> on to and, and, and looking to the future but yeah there's nothing planned nothing planned. Uh, a mystery again huh? it is a it mystery. is a mystery <laughs> and uh, really stepping out in faith again you stepped out in faith coming to Africa now you're stepping really out in faith going back to you don't know what Mm -hmm. But you said to me this morning when we were talking, too, he's been faithful. Brian knows as an accountant that the numbers don't always match up, right, Brian? Mm -hmm. and sometimes there are times where you guys just prayed and God, the next day, provided mm -hmm. when there wasn't any money for food. Mm -hmm. um, so you know God's got a plan for you. And I'm excited. I, I know you're young, you're talented, you've got a beautiful family. And uh, I just look forward to what God has ahead for both of you um, and look forward to watching what that's going to be like. But how can we pray for you, the people who are listening and a lot of people who know you are listening? Uh, how can we pray for you as a family? What are some of the things that you want us to be praying this next season for you guys? I think that the transition back to America is going to be a real challenge for, for us. Uh, when you go from uh, the kind of work that we were doing before to working in a place like Beautiful Gate where you really can see God moving. Uh, I want to go home with the same energy to serve God. Mm -hmm. um, and it's kind of scary when you think about moving home. And, um, you know, I don't want us to lose the zeal that we have for the Lord um, and mm -hmm. don't want our children to get too comfortable mm -hmm. um, getting back into life. I want them to continue on with just the the relationship that they have right now with God is mm. unbelievable, mm. and I want that to stay. Mm. And I want um, that for Pluton and Tabling as well, um, our newest ones, too. Yeah, there's just a big transition. Uh, Mercy feels more African by far than mm. American, so there will be three, you know, Africans trying to figure out life in America. Mm. And, you know, obviously finding work and figuring out where's the best place to put them in school and... Yeah, there's a lot of transition that's coming. But um, beyond, you know, the housing and the car and the work and stuff, I think mostly my, my biggest prayer is that uh, we would stay close to the Lord as we walk through this and that it'll just grow us closer. Mm -hmm. And that as the kids transition, it'll be a positive thing. Mm -hmm. Amen. Nita talks about the family stuff. Um, I just want to see Beautiful Gate continue to go to the next level, see that continuum of, continuum of support still continuing to come through for Peter Lindiway, for Beautiful Gate, so that this place can carry on the ministry and the, the life-altering effects that it has and the ripple effects that we've seen across the world. Uh, you know, another thing from a business side of things is looking at it saying, uh, prayer for a, Anita and I to finish strong, uh, not, to, not to fade off, but to finish this race strong. Uh, God's all called us to each of us, our own race, the, the, with the great hall of witnesses is watching us. Help us to finish this leg of the journey strong and to also, you know, give us the information that we need so that we can, in his time, he will reveal his plan of where he wants us next. Uh, we just hope that he gives it to us uh, with enough lead time so that we can can make <laughs> yeah. adjustments and uh, figure things out. I know he never does that too early because if he does, then he'll ruin his plan. But, 
help us to just trust in him that he has it all figured out, that he's going to take care of us. Um, but, you know, most importantly, I just love to see this place can continue to grow to the next level. Um, and there's some great things that are happening here. And so many lives have been affected across the world, especially in the Netherlands, Canada, Sweden, and the United States, um, and even Australia, mm. and even Southern Africa, and mostly Lesotho. Um, we've been able to... Uh, you, I, I can't fathom the ripple effect that we have had, and we'll never see the other side of the pond where the ripples hit. Um, but it'll be interesting to be in heaven one day and see those <laughs> those kids someday uh, who have all grown up and made a huge difference mm-hmm. in this world. Yeah, when we get to heaven, can you call me up for tea sometime? <laughs> <laughs> you guys will have a, a special place mm-hmm. for your sacrifice. And I know, um, for those who are listening, w- would you do it any differently if you would you had stayed or you know are you you know this was what God wanted you to do amen it's absolutely what the Lord wanted us to do and and not just us but I've seen that it was the best thing we could have done for our family Mm. for our kids Mm. Um, yeah so being obedient I mean I love Eli who said mom and dad we need to go to Africa I love the airplane thing God using Mark the passage in Mark Mm -hmm. Uh, your trip out here, all that. And what I love is your obedience. And because of your obedience, so many lives have been transformed. So thank you. Um, I'm one of them because I get to go here and just see God at work and the people that have come with me and your faith and your obedience has uh, bless so many. So thank you. We will be praying for you. Thank you for doing this podcast. You guys are busy. And uh, thank you, Tyler, for putting this together. Someday you're going to be on here. Um, so thank you for listening to this podcast uh, from Africa. It's cold. It's winter here. Um, but uh, it's been a blessing to be with you guys again. And God bless you. And we look forward to what God has for the future. And we're going to have to do another one, uh, see what, where God leads. So, hey, if you want to comment on anything that you've heard, please send in a comment, an email. Uh, love to hear fruit from you. And uh, please uh, be praying again for the Gearing family. Uh, God bless. Thank you for listening to Oceans Ministries podcast. Have a great day. Mm-hmm.